Three Musketeers Adventure, number two in a series. While attempting to salvage a sunken nuclear sub 15,000 feet down the Mariana Trench, something strange happens. We've never had these readings this far down the trench, sir. Could be a seismic anomaly, or a whale. It's rising, sir, and fast. Suddenly, whoosh. Sir, is this bait for some kind of trap? If it is, I'm biting. Three Musketeers! Where will Three Musketeers turn up next? Big on Chocolate! Mars Incorporated 1990! Welcome, dear listener, to our podcast, Jeff and Rick present Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Where we journey through each issue of comics that include a member of the most underrated Marvel series from the 80s while drinking beer. Analyzing awesome and amazing adjacent adolescent adventures and absorbing alcohol. I'm Jeff. And I am Rick. If you're lost, you can look and you will find me. Random banter. If you fall, I will catch you. I will be waiting. Random banter. Random banter. Random banter time, buddy. Talk to me, tell me tall tales and tantalizing tidbits of trivia today. Senator, Cindy Lauper is a friend of mine. I know Cindy Lauper. You, sir, are no Cindy Lauper. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's very true. I don't have the uh, hair colors for it. <laughs> I don't know. I've seen what your daughter can do with chalk. Oh, that was fun. Your daughter was part of that, too. That part of that uh, chalk-laden makeover. That was yeah, fun. That was funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, time after time, and this is very simple. Yes. We're going a little back in time from where we're at, because we're doing things chronologically now going forward. And we've missed one issue, and so we're going to go back in time. And that features people going back in time. And we're also going to pick up something else that we missed during our coverage of New Warriors. So, we're going to pick up those two things right now. But that's why you're talking about time. I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Mm-hmm, I see what mm-hmm, you did there. Mm-hmm. But beyond that... There's a few things that are changing in the world these days, my friend. This is a time of awesomeness. This is a time when manna is falling from the skies, and we have the embarrassment of riches of awesome content on the TV all about comic books. It is fantastic. This is a magical time we're living in. And I am talking right now about the one thing that all of us nerd geeks have been waiting since the mid-90s or the early 90s for. Season 3 of Bluey? Shut up, Sandman, you fool, Sandman. (laughs) Uh, My wife and I have started watching it. We have made it to episode five last night, which my wife may never forgive me for the last thing she saw before going to sleep uh, was episode five of Sandman, which was the 24-hour diner episode. And (laughs) that is creepy, but it is a very good show. I like what they have done. I like how they have taken the original material modernized it just enough and kind of made it a little bit more they elevated neil gaiman's story to a little bit more mature and modern sensitivities and it works very well and it's very well done and i'm i'm enjoying it immensely and i i like some of the choices they've made question a couple but i like what they have done so excited about that 
Neat. Hillary's watching it, and it is on my ever-growing list of things to observe. So. How can Hillary be watching it and you not watching it because you're always awake? I'm always awake doing chores and working on scripts and, well, okay, YouTube videos. I look at a lot of YouTube videos. Okay. <laughs> a lot of Warhammer 40K lore that I got to look at, so very, very busy with that. Yeah, she's been watching Well, it's because I'll be, like, taking the kiddo out and playing and doing stuff, and she's like, hmm, I wanted some downtime. I'm going to watch this. And it's like, all right, I'll keep the kid occupied, and we'll go for bike rides or something don't show me your toy i'll go out and get my own toy oh you want to play this game okay mr throg holder you do that (laughs) sorry i'm I'm also sitting here with purchases i've made today i went out grabbed my comic books and while at the comic book store i was like what is that that you have behind the counter there that looks like a small diorama stage of throg frog thor and the alligator loki and it's a, an action scene, and there's crack, and it is... I mean, I'm only human, folks. I'm only human. I, I could have not bought this, but I would have been sad. <laughs> I had to buy it. I had to buy it. Okay, you want to see my purchase? Here, I'm going to... We'll play this game. I'm coming right back. I'll move some tarps out of the way from the remodel, and I'm going to show you Ooh. this. What's this? San Diego Ooh. Comic-Con exclusive NECA poster version action figure of the 40th release of The Thing, John Carpenter movie. Oh, what's this figure inside? Very nice. Very nice. Is that the literally the poster character in action figure form with a face that has an LED light in it that you can then shoot light beams out of it? Oh, yes, it is. How did I get this, you ask? Simple. It turns out that we have mutual friends who went down to San Diego Comic-Con, and I was just like, oh, hey, they're down at Comic-Con. That's cool. Oh, and there's this thing there that I really, really would like, but I'd never get down there to get it. I, I'm not going to pay the inflated eBay prices of scalpers that have got it and doing it. Oh, if only there was a way I could get down. Wait there a second. I don't have to get down there. I have contacts that are there texted them up and said, hey, could you do the thing for me? And they're like, yep. And they did. And now I have one. I remember seeing them actually there looking at that thing. And Mm -hmm. I am proud of them and proud of you for doing that. Yep. So I got me a thing that I liked. Literally a thing. A thing of the thing. Unfortunately, I know you, I know your house and I know the setup and you will never get to display that. I know I'm not ever going to get to play with it. <laughs> well, I get to play with it. but And I've also got a little video idea that I want to do with it. It'll be really great in my brain when I continue to work on it. Like everything that I work on, which is just in my brain and then it never actually gets done. So, <laughs> Well, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to spoil the world. for. I'm, gonna, I'm going to destroy people's bingo card because I am going to tell everybody right now something amazing behind jeff behind jeff Mm, behind this mm -hmm. toy that he's got is a new window that's right jeff has actually made progress on this remodel of his there is a new window behind him which is awesome we may this may cut down on the number of police sirens in the background when he's talking a little bit well it's i live near a hospital so it's a lot of uh, ambulance sounds that will uh, be running by but yeah actually the window is a lot quieter our house, 60-odd years old, had the original aluminum-clad uh, windows in it, and so just sound and air and heat and cold, everything went through it. And These are uh, wood, uh, aluminum-clad wood windows, double-pane from Marvin, and they're like really, really nice, and they're going to stand up really good and look really great. And they're a lot quieter, and it's pretty neat. But yeah, we've got <laughs> remodeler people in the house for the past while and we got electrics done and we're getting door all the doors and all the windows and garage doors and siding and some blah 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 entryway and lots of stuff going on so it's actually happening i am very proud of you that that's actually happening it'll be nice to see more of it happening painted my bedroom ceiling even and then i said time to do the walls 
Oh, well, now it's tomorrow. Time to do the... It's tomorrow again. Time to... Tomorrow again? Okay, I'll do it tomorrow. Well, you know what? Speaking of tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow, let's talk about yesterday. Specifically about the comic book we're going to be reading, which is uh, about Wolverine. So tell us what's been happening in Wolverine's life, if you would please, Jeff. In Wounded Wolf, Wolverine has been hunted and remorselessly injured by Lady Deathstrike and the Reavers, turning him feral with pain. Lucky for him, he stumbles across Katie Power in a snowstorm. She helps him for a while, and he heals up enough to go and do those things that he says that he is the best at to his assailants. In Wolverine Volume 2, Number 35, Lady Deathstrike is hunting Wolverine and tracks him to Canada, where he is visiting his buddy Puck from Alpha Flight. Due to a teleportation snafu, the three of them end up in Spain in 1937, where they get tangled up in the Spanish Civil War. In Wolverine Volume 2, Number 36... Lady Deathstrike has teamed up with some Nazis while Puck and Logan sort of join the resistance. Wolverine uses hammers and wrenches and gatling guns to kill a bunch of folks until he can use a smokescreen to change into his costume and start doing the killing thing again. But this time, with claws! And that is when Lady Deathstrike catches up to him. Now that the, I get the feeling that Lady Deathstrike really doesn't like Logan, two-sentence replay is over, why don't you give me a beer and tell us what our power pack pick is? My pleasure, my friend. Why don't you grab onto that beer that I have dropped off in your house, yeah, prior to some of the lovely, lovely remodeling that you got going on, and why don't you go ahead and open that up and tell me what you find in there. It is Keep Cool, Drink Fresh, Stay Cool. It is Time and Place, Summer Saison from <laughs> Flatland Brewing Company. Time and Place. Oh, did you know that actually a more accurate thing would say they're at a place in time? Multiple places in time. Sometimes you find something that just fits perfectly. <laughs> yeah, that fits absolutely great. And in fact, it's kind of a rural pasture land, kind of a farm view. And you could say that can be like the rural Spain that they're in in 1937 with Ernest Hemingway and so-and-so. Yeah. yeah, it's a black label with silver and gold simple graphics on it. It's real pretty. It's really nice. And there you go. Time and Place by Flatland Brewing Company. Still one of our favorite styles of beer ever. Made to drink in large quantities with the ultimate refreshing dryness Saison should have. There was a time when Saisons were brewed by the local grain grown on the land and given its currency. Today, we have more freedom to do what we want with this nearly limitless style. The addition of oil-rich toasted Indian coriander brings elements of fruity pebbles and citrus into the mix. The French Saison yeast takes over and biotransforms these oils into bright aromics, while the yeast esters push out even more orange and lime zest with light notes of pepper and spice. Wow, they get paid by the word here. A light, dry, drinkable, beer-flavored beer that has enough interesting characters to make you think about it. 5.9% ABV, 30 IBU... Jeff, what do you think of Saison's? I've been smelling it. It smells like a, almost like an apple juice. It has a really nice light sm scent to it. Yeah, very fresh. Very yeah, summery. Yeah, very fresh. Very, ap very apple-y smell. Late summer, early fall. It's a very pale. It's bubbly. It frothed up really good when I poured it. But very pale. Very, very transparent. Nice looking, nice smelling beer. Kind of reminds me just of, of wheat. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, it's very apples and wheat kind of a thing. It's uh, it's going out in the middle of a field on a summer day and having some apple trees around you. And it's it's that scent. It's that aroma. All right, let me tell you a little bit about Saison's while you're taking a sip there. Because Saison's hmm. are very dry. They kind of think of a champagne where it just really dries out your tongue. It, it's in a pleasant mm -hmm. way. In a pleasant way. Saison's are usually easy to drink. This is refreshing. It's clean. It's very enjoyable. That dryness does kick in there, but it's not bad. It's not yeah. harsh. This is pleasant. 
Very pleasant. Yes, it is dry, but it is not murderously dry. Mm -hmm. There are plenty of beverages that I've had where it's just like, oh, I put it on my tongue and gosh, I need to keep drinking just to try and get some sensation of moisture in my mouth. My mouth is actually wet with this, but Mm -hmm. it did have that dry down period. It was like, you know, you got, you got a wet tongue and you hold it out the window when you're driving and then it gets a little dry and then you come back in, you're like, still moist. It's great. So yeah, no, this is, it is tasty. It is refreshing. It tastes like what it smells like. It tastes like wheat and apples. There is some citrus in there. There is some orange and lime zest. Those are all flavors that are there, but they're very light. They're all in the back area. This is wheat and apples. Yeah. Did you say there's coriander in here? Yeah, I can taste the coriander as well. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get into this because we, we have not one, but two comics we're actually going to be covering. We're going to start with Wolverine, and then we'll talk about the New Warriors annual number one. But let's go ahead and hit this Wolverine issue first. Jeff, hit us. Wolverine, volume two, issue number 37, March 1991. Fall back and spring forward. Writer, Larry Hama. Penciler, Mark Silvestri. Inker, Daniel Green. Letterer, Patrick Brasso. Colorist, Glennis Oliver. Editor, Bob Harris. Editor-in-Chief, Tom DeFalco. Featuring Wolverine. Guest starring, Puck, Lady Deathstrike, The Reavers, and Katie Power. Hey, Rick, I have a challenge for us. And what is that? Can we make it through this book without saying that one Wolverine phrase about what he does and how good he is at it? Sure, we could try, but then I'm not sure what we'll talk about. Oh, I think we can manage to figure out something to talk about without it, so let's try it out. Challenge accepted. Now, where and possibly when are we? We're in the Highlands, in 1937 in Spain. Ah, a very good year. Red Wings are winning the Stanley Cup. The Yankees are getting the pennant. The great Ziegfeld is getting the Oscar. Prince Valiant is in the paper. Bras with four cup sizes were introduced. And the Spanish Civil War was occurring with a time-displaced Canadian mutant in the middle of it. That was a lot to digest. And more importantly, this is the point in time where Wolverine is fighting a mess of guys with rifles and bayonets. And it is getting expectedly messy. To the south of the pass that this sausage grinder is occurring in, we find Ernesto, Inez, and a couple of others carrying an injured Eugene Judd, a.k.a. Puck from Alpha Flight. But we should point out that this is not a short acrobatic character you may know from that comic book. No siree, he is much taller here. He was once cursed with long life, but it took away his long height and gave him pain. Kind of sounds like the worst D&D campaign ever, but yeah, let's move on. We. And these characters both do, as they know Wolverine is buying them time to escape by, well, he's just slaughtering an entire squad of soldiers. And while Wolverine is dispensing death, he's trying to figure out why the mutant teleporter Gateway sent him and Puck here, and why his nemesis Lady Deathstrike is here also. Great segue, because Logan can smell her. I think you've done this transition thing before. Why, just a couple of times, my friend. Meanwhile on the north side of the pass... Home of the Fighting Nazis. Ah, great, these guys. They have made a deal with Deathstrike to hunt down Wolverine so that she can kill him. But the captain of this German unit is not quite convinced. Until he spots her climbing up the side of a cliff. Now, he thinks this could be interesting. And he calls in for reinforcements to be sent in. Good, good. But how about the main event? I want to see some fighty fight with Clawsy Claws from these two characters. Okay, okay, please keep your shirt on. For all that is inked, please keep it on. Now, Logan is in the pass. Deathstrike is climbing on the wall above him, and it's all very, very foggy. Plus, there's this mini twister that's kicking up, and, well, that's kind of odd. How odd? 
like cows flying odd, Helen Hunt scientist type of odd, or is it filled with sharks? No, 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 no. Less zoological weird and more like time weird. It's the same Rocky Horror Picture Show dance that's sending him and Puck to the bass to begin with. Well, yeehaw, cowboy. Let's go crazy. Do a jump to the left and see what happens. What happens is that Deathstrike uses the distraction to attack our favorite clawed mutant. And a rumbling they go. With a scream and a pounce, the two start hacking and slashing at each other, making a fantastic horror show that is just out of sight for the Nazis. Being a bit bloodthirsty, the captain directs his soldiers to move closer. I always forget, why does Deathstrike hate Logan so much? Did he borrow a lawnmower or a small chainsaw and never return it or something? Hey, I returned that chainsaw recently. But it's because she blames him for having the adamantium grafted to his bones. It was a process her father invented and was killed for. But it was not his doing. <laughs> Does not matter. Vengeance, thy name is Yukio. Okay. Well, the Germans want to check this fight out, so they move in closer and, oopsie, they accidentally run over Lady Deathstrike's right forearm with their half-truck. Hey, accidents happen in battle. I'm sure that their insurance will cover the damage. Shrip! Well, Yukio don't play that insurance game. Remember, vengeance. Well, she just ripped apart the war machine and has canceled her bargain with the Third Reich by killing the captain and his crew. Can I root for the bad guy here? Sure. Hooray! In the midst of this, the time vortex is getting bigger. We're going to need a bigger time stream. And Wolvie thinks that it's time for him and Yukio to get the heck out of here. But what about Puck? That's a great question, because when we left him, he was unconscious and near death on a stretcher being hand-carried across a mountain pass to get to a rebellion-friendly hospital. But it looks like he got the psychic beeper letting him know that his food cart order was ready, because he is jumped up and starts running back towards the action, screaming, Logan, don't leave me, leaving his old-timey friends to just wave bye-bye and mumble something about fate. So, he got better? This is Marvel. Most near-death experiences are but a flesh wound. Good to know. And while Puck tries to get back into the vortex, we should jump to the future, where the Reavers are hanging about in Australia building something. Now, the Reavers are... bad, right? Yup. They are cyborgs that have had run-ins with Logan in the past. Not big fans. They're kind of behind this entire thing that's going on. In fact, the vortex opens up and blasts out some artifacts. Pierce, the head honcho of these guys, figures out that the time-displaced individuals, especially Yukio, are screwing up big time and altering the timeline by, you know, killing people. They should really knock that off. I know, right? This is why the past can't have nice things. In the past, Logan and Yukio are still fighting, trading barbs and making bad topical jokes like Roseanne Barr singing the national anthem. As the two enhanced fighters continue to tussle, the Time Vortex and Puck both converge on them at the same time. We Let's do the Time Vortex again! With a step to an aircraft carrier. And a plane crashing down. Falling off the side. And landing in a tank in the future. Hey, hey, wait. There is Spiral talking to a Reaver about this new cyborg she is building. Wait, she is talking about making Lady Deathstrike. This is not the right time yet. Nope, but while it looks like Yukio and Logan are going through this Star Wars-esque nutrient bath, they are just going through time into a snowy New York winter. Wolverine instantly recognizes that he is in Uncanny X-Men Volume 1, number 204, when he first fought Lady Deathstrike. 
Uh, you mean issue number 205? No, I mean, and I said, X-Men number 204, uncanny. It says right there in the little editor's box with Bob Harris's name on it. Well, Bob should have checked the internet back in 1991, because he missed it by that much. And you should know that. We talk about this issue nearly all the time. It is our top-ranked book in the list of less-than-team appearances. This is that Christmas issue where a beat-up Logan is saved by one Katie, Katie Bear Power. Oh, yeah. Well, let's blame it on the time stream being broken. Fine. Now that the three heroes are back in near-present day, Puck reverts back to his short self. Whatever curse is on him is time-based. I guess it must have set a Google Calendar alert or something. While he stops his tumbling, Yukio and Logan are still doing their own tumbling down the hill, right past the aforementioned Katie Power in her power pack outfit, asking, Mr. Wolverine, can I open my eyes now? Not yet, Katie girl. Hi, Katie. Bye, Katie. Don't open your eyes yet, Katie. The two fight their way across the snowy area and right into the icy East River with Puck following them. And as the two boys fight up through the cold and black depths to break through the surface, they find themselves back in Vancouver Harbor, right where they were when they started this crazy time train adventure. Sort of. Logan remembers what happened. Puck thinks that they just fell out of a boat. He has no clue what just happened. Well, gosh. I guess they just have to wring out their wet clothes and admire each other's muscled, chiseled chests. And look at the old pictures Puck was looking at when all this started. Well, they do, and Puck does. And he is surprised to see Logan in a picture taken during the Spanish Civil War that he was not in before. Dang you, convoluted time travel! Meanwhile in Australia! Home of the fighting down under. Lady Deathstrike surfaces from the water and sees a face-down Wolverine, but just as she is about to strike a devastating, decapitating, damaging blow, she is stopped by Pierce. You see, she is back in his workshop, and this is not THE Wolverine, it's just A Wolverine. To be more precise, a partially completed synthetic organism that they are building to hunt down and kill the real Wolverine. But that, as they do say, is a story for another day. Well... Pierce is the goodest there is at what he does, and what he does is build not nice things to try and kill Wolverine. You just could not do it, could you? Obviously, nope. All right. Just for that, I'm going to curse you by talking about the themes of this issue. Okay. <laughs> we have a very nice cover drawn by the amazing Mark Silvestri. The inker is Daniel Green, and this is a very ripped up Wolverine. Or Wolverine in his ripped-up costume, I should say, diving towards a ripped-up Lady Deathstrike. Uh, we can't see her face, but he is screaming, Aah! and it says, Blood and Claws, the conclusion. And it is on a blue background. What do you think? No, it looks great. It's very evocative. And in fact, it is, I think, an almost an exact duplicate or a reverse duplicate of some scenes in the book. So, yep, it's, yeah. it's telling you exactly what it is. The only yeah. thing it's missing is a passed out, not doing anything puck in the background. Yeah, yeah. well, th this book cover says Wolverine. It doesn't say Wolverine and Puck. It says Wolverine. Puckerine. Wolverine. Wolverine. <laughs> Wolverflight. Alpha Puck. So we've got time travel. Time yes. travel. Time yes, travel again. It's kind of a revisit the greatest hits. It, this is a weird, weird little tale. I remember reading this back in the day. I was collecting Wolverine back at this time. So this was right for my collection. And Wolverine was more like just 
a series of short little stories or short or long stories definitely set for periods of time and this was one of them like puck and him go on this crazy little adventure but like you said it breaks a little bit more of the backstory of puck it doesn't really bring too much on wolverine's backstory it kind of furthers the the problems between him and yukio a bit it doesn't further anything it's the same old same old it's it's just a it adds a little bit more you find out a couple other things about going on with with yukio this is still when they were building up some of the past okay so this was like the reveal of her dad burning his face off in a failed kamikaze run kind of thing maybe i I think so yeah 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 that was part of it and it kind of setting a few things else up in the future it's yeah revisiting some of the greatest hits of wolverine i mean the reavers are he was responsible for some of the reavers being made there's just a lot going on here so there's it's true yeah I'm, and again i'm you know speaking from 30 years in the future for this where i don't remember when the char- some of these characters got introduced or anything so i'm like well of course this and that and of course well it's just maybe that this could have been their third fight but for me i'm like they yeah, they've fought forever they fought some death strike fought hugh jackman and already it's just a six foot three short wolverine canadian australian guy you know it's just all over the place so yeah i'm speaking from 30 years of uh, privilege <laughs> for their story this is larry hama I mean, this is how he writes his stories. He's got a bit of military in there. He's got a lot of action. It's Mark Silvestri doing just the fights. And people get these books to see Wolverine get into fights. Yes. <laughs> yep, pretty much. That's what we got here. And and exploring some of his crazy, crazy past. I mean, I understand why they did kind of a touch base with the first big fight that they had, which was an X-Men number 205. I like the fact that they had Katie in here for one scene. Yep, yep. It's cool. I like that they did the nod of the hat to her and said, hey, she was here. Remember that. Thank you very much for including that. Larry Hama Mm -hmm. and Mark Silvestri, appreciate it. I do like the fact, too, that when they uh, crashed through the back-to-tank that uh, getting created Lady Deathstrike is in, in Spiral's Mm -hmm. uh, body shop, Yep. That Spiral's like, hey, what did I just see? Eh. Mm-hmm. All right, it was just just a minor ripple in the in the in the time stream. It's nothing. So, <laughs> yeah. oh, this again, la di da. Stop killing people in the past. You're gonna screw things <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah, apparently because of, I wish uh, I wish I didn't sit on that fish. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it matters that much all the time. However. They do comment, Pierce comments, it's like, ah, eh, nobody will miss the fifth uh, Ninja Turtle anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was kind of cool, because I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh. oh. <laughs> well played, well played. Yeah, so I thought that was pretty fun. If we're going to go back in time and kill people, it's okay that we go back in time and kill Nazis, right? We all yeah. can agree on that. Most people should be able to agree on that. <laughs> Unfortunately, like it's 2022, and not everybody can agree on that. Which... I, I don't understand. Never mind. That's Never a whole mind. other just co- topic, and it's uh, saddening to me. We probably aren't going to go too much in talking about a lot of this because we are really jumping out into doing random things and oh, a yeah. random issue of Wolverine that just features a brief moment of Katie A Power. single panel. A single panel. I did enjoy this. I thought it was a lot of fun. It'll be interesting to see how we rank this on, on everything else. But we're going to be ranking these. This is where it starts getting fun for us. We get to rank random, random stuff like this, and it's going to be kind of neat. So let's get into it. Let's talk about some final thoughts. Sir. Mm-hmm. Gallery of Greatness. What piece of art 
in this book needs to be pinned to our walls. And it's going to be our walls here because I'm not going to put anything on back in time. Because if we put anything on our walls back in time, it's not going to be here in the future. Or it's going to be faded. And that's not cool. It's not cool at all. It'll be a temporal snafu and we're just not doing it. So (laughs) it'll get put on the top of the list. So I can give you my uh, joke backup one if you would enjoy that little bit of trivia. On page 17... I call it, well, at least my pants fit now. And this is when <laughs> they've traveled back the Katie Power portion of the of the comic. Giant Puck, a seven-foot self, is tumbling down a snowy flat. And uh, as he's going, he's like, Logan, I'm shrinking. Ah, I'm small again. <laughs> but uh, it's just this tumble. And his pants, his pants fit now because before they were kind of like knee highs. On him now, uh, they fit his uh, his altered frame, and I thought that was kind of cute and funny. You know, he's in massive pain, right? Because he's back to being short. He's in massive pain again, and he's not his tall size. Yeah, you're you're laughing at his pain. Oh, his pants fit though. It's hilarious. Pants that fit well, (laughs) so funny. All right, let's go back to page six. This is the bottom panel of this page, and we see Wolverine there, Ah, and he's kind of hunched over and he's turning his head around because Lady Deathstrike is approaching him, but we don't really see her. We see her shadow. And I call this worst shadow puppet show ever (laughs) (laughs) because it's this, it just reminded me of a puppet show. It's a puppet show with spikes. I don't want to see that. This is going to give me nightmares. Do not like, do not like want my money back. Good one. Thank you very much. (laughs) My top joke one is on page 23, which is the very last page, and it is the very last panel. Okay. (laughs) And and I call it, look at those little baby legs. This is a picture of LCD, who is Albert, the synthetic non-cyborg that is being made version of Wolverine. And it's his little bu- little buddy. It's a little Katie Power girl kind of thing. It's a little little five year old. LCD is is a little cyborg girl. She has nothing to do with Katie Power. She has nothing to do with anything. It's she's a fact creepy, she's a girl. creepy, creepy, creepy little creature who every now and again somebody remembers that they made Albert and LCD and they bring them back. And I, I wish no, stop, 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 stop. Not my favorite characters. Yeah, somebody out there may like them, but nope, not for me. They're okay. I've read, I think, the run of their stories, and I was like, ah, that's not too bad. But uh, yeah. she, yeah, she's a walking bomb that's programmed to blow up Wolverine. But instead of being programmed to a five-year-old level, oopsie-daisy, she got maximum intelligence. I know why I don't like it. I've read stories where they put a speech impediment on yes, the child. Yes, they do. Yes. And I cannot with that. I cannot, cannot, cannot. I dealt with it for years from Chris Claremont and it's fine but reading the stories with her speech impediment at times I don't understand what's going on anymore I so, get that she's su- it, it's a super cutesy speech impediment kind of thing way too much it's syrup poured onto uh, hard candy is the problem it's it's too it's too much and then Albert is he's the best he is at what he does and what he is is Wolverine but a robot and uh, well, he's kind of he's he's a thick protector whenever I see something like that I'll tell you what I want to do and it's on page 11 and it's my top joke one whenever I see something like that that just makes me go crazy I want to slam my head into somebody's nose <laughs> nose meets skull it's Wolverine just nose butting Lady Deathstrike no, right nose buddy. His head, her nose, yes. nose budding. Just okay. bonk indeed, <laughs> sir. Nose <laughs> meets skull. 
what do you got? Well, my top backup one is on. I didn't have to move very far. It's page 23 again. Center panel, and I call it, Logan, what happened to your pants? <laughs> and this is creation of the Albert robot, which is, it looks pretty meaty and fleshy and organic from the torso and biceps up, but everything below that's pretty not there and pretty mechanical so, and looks like a scrapyard. So your pants hold all of your meat. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, pants hold meat up. Okay. All right. Let's go ahead and go to my backup good art. And mine is on page 12. Because let me tell you what I really, really do not like. I really don't like Nazis. So on page 12, yep. we have Lady Deathstrike going through, and she is shripping up this half-track tank. Yeah. And it is pretty darn cool. And I call that, take that, Nazis. It was on take my list. Take that, Nazis. It was on my list. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. I am going to be surprised if we don't have the same top one. Okay. My top one is on page seven, and it is a splash page, and I call it Tis Deathstrike. I call it Let's Go. <laughs> there you are. Yep. Same top, eh? Yep, yep. 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 This is the splash page where Lady Deathstrike has leapt off the cliffside and is claw extended, robot arms all gangly weird, jumping at the battered Wolverine. And it's yeah. just a good little bit. It, it, it is the a little bit of a flip of what we have on the cover. On the cover, it's Wolverine doing the jumping, and we're seeing the backside of Lady Deathstrike. This, we're seeing Lady Deathstrike doing the jumping, and we're seeing the backside of Wolverine. Yep. Classy, classy, classy. Love it. Thank you very much, Mark Silvestri. Looks good. Liked it. We continue on with rubber and glue moments because let me tell you... You don't always need kids for that. What was the <laughs> best or most childish insult in this book? My backup one is on page 11. And Jeff, shut up. Make me. <laughs> <laughs> that is Lady Deathstrike saying, shut up. And Wolverine saying, make me. And I'm sorry. It's just, it is a call and response. It is rubber and glue. It's two kids fighting on a playground. Yes, they're <laughs> fighting with knives, but still, they're fighting on a playground. <laughs> Very much so. My uh, rubber and glue backup one is on the page. Before that, it's on page 10, and this is right after Lady Deathstrike's arm gets run over by a half-track, and the German captain is all like, uh, was ist das? It's... What did it run over? Well, it turns out it's a very angry Lady Deathstrike who is, You bumbling fools! That's my top one. You bumbling fools is my top one. I love that one. <laughs> I love that one. Love that one. Love that one. What else do you have for rubber and glue, sir? My top one is on Marvel Unlimited page 18. They've just got dumped out of the Time Twister. They're about to get picked up by the Time Twister again in uh, the winter of New York. Yukio and Wolverine are fighting, and Wolverine's all, Give it up, Yukio. You can't take much more of this. I can take as much as you can. That may be, but all I gotta do is crawl under the porch and lick my wounds. You, you gotta go into the shop. Ooh. I'm sorry. I think I like, I, I like Bumbling Fools better. That's bumbling just Fools my better, but that's okay. That's the I just like the fact that they even say in this, is like, that one got to her kind of a thing. It's like, that worked her up. <laughs> All right, let's talk about popular and shunned. We want to identify the character who's the best and who's the worst in this issue. We always start off with worst. I'm going to go ahead and say Puck. We just don't get that much of him, and that's not a short joke. Yeah. Oh, I get it. And I. It is a bit of a short joke. It really is. But <laughs> I, I just, I wanted more Puck in this too. And yep. we just didn't get the Puck. We didn't get the Puck. 
I fully agree with you. I made him my worst choice. And it, here's the problem. It has nothing to do with him. It has nothing to do with what he did or said or his actions or his inactions. He was done dirty ma- massively in this. He was just like sidelined and then just playing running catch up. He yeah. was playing, he was playing chase and playing catch up just to be like, time vortex is coming. I got to come get join up with you guys. And we're, oh, I got to jump, jump through the vortex. No, you guys are, where are you guys fighting at now? Okay, I better, I better go chase it. My legs are all short now. Gotta run after yeah. you. Gotta jump in. Okay, you're in a, in a vortex. Okay, oh, good. We're back to Vancouver. But I don't know that we never ever left Vancouver. We're no. just in Vancouver in a t- capsized boat. So he doesn't yeah. even know about the adventure. He's just, yeah, he got, he got done dirty, but he was my worst yeah. because of these reasons. Do you have anybody else who says Wolverine is your best? Inez wanted to go back to help Wolverine in case he couldn't murder everyone in his way. No, it was Wolverine. Yeah. Lady Deathstrike is a close second because she did slash up the Nazis. <laughs> you know? True. But she I did got, fight but, some but Nazis. But also, she did, make, she did make a deal with the Nazis, yeah, too. Yeah, she allied with them, too. Yeah, um, it was Wolverine. Evil. She is evil. <laughs> she was staying very true to course. She was right on her character traits. She was doing what she does, so I can I, give her credit I, for that. I, but it was Wolverine. What's the best? Yeah, it was Wolverine. I, I liked her. But yeah, it's Wolverine, of course. All right. Okay. Let's go ahead and get to the meat of this. And the meat of this is top grades. Where do we think that this issue fits into our ever-growing list of appearances, characters, of power pack? We start off with Uncanny X-Men number 205, volume one number 205, where this actually calls, does a call and repeat to. That's our number one. Spot number nine, we have Runaways. Volume two, number four. This is where the kids are trying to figure out who's Vic's daddy is. We also have on spot number 12, the recently reviewed War of Kings Darkhawk number one. The Darkhawk crystal acts up and ruins Chris's life. And of course, we have Loners volume one, number three. Julia's in the hospital. Never even one finds out nothing. So, of course, we put this up against Wounded Wolf. Wounded Wolf is still much, much, Hold much, on. much better. Hold yeah. on. This has Wounded Wolf in it and all sorts of other stories. So doesn't that make it even better? No. No, it no. does not. Yeah, no. I, lo- I mean, I love the, that Wounded Wolf is in here. It's great. We're in the final stages of this book. I mean, we we have to pretend that we've read everything else. We've gotten to this part. We we understand what's going on. Did you like the story? How do we think the story fit, fit in with other things? Where do you think is a good place for it? Here's the problem with a lot of time travel stories. They have... The ability to change everything changes, but oftentimes nothing has changed. A dip in a story that had no consequence. All the Germans that and Spaniards that they had killed, except for the Nazi captain, all died in an avalanche. Anyway, here there's a rock slide in the past. He died. Mm-hmm. A fifth Ninja Turtle disappeared. You know, is they usually are very non consequential. It's like, oh, they might be changing stuff in the past. And it doesn't really matter. It doesn't affect much of anything. So a lot of the time travel ones don't. Yeah, they're kind of whatever. You make a good point. You make a good point on this. And and as you've been talking, I've been kind of running down the list a bit. I, I like what you said about there not being any real consequences here. And so I'm looking at the list and seeing where we have things that don't have that many consequences. And that is actually in the bottom of the list. We've got War of Kings, Darkhawk number two at spot number 14. Chris goes off to space. That's changing something that's making a change to the character making change to status quo below that we've got loners number five that's where phil loses it because of mickey and chris's relationship something happens there but 
it's a really messy story. I think that this story is better. I think mm-hmm. the story is is more of a story that's complete that they were able to finish the story that they were trying to tell. But you're right, doesn't change anything. Wolverine kind of appears in a picture from the past, but he's the only one that really remembers it on the good mm-hmm. guy's side. So that being said, I still I think it's a better story than War of Kings number one. Okay. Kind of, so I the way that I was looking at it, we were going through and I'm kind of like, hmm, you know what? I'm thinking I might have enjoyed this more than the War of Kings. It's very it's in that 12 zone, I think, for me. All right. I am perfectly fine with putting it as the new number 12. That means that it uh, is right below Runaways number two. I think that's a good good spot for it. We'll go ahead and go with that. Done and done. Now, let's go ahead and dive right into our second feature. This is going to be a little bit of a longer episode, folks, but we will get through it. So, let's hit these credits. Jeff. The New Warriors, Volume 1, Annual Number 1. To bounce or not to bounce. Writer, Dan Slott. Penciler, John Kalimi. Inker, Don Hudson. Letterer, Rick Parker. Colorist, Kevin Tinsley. Editor, Dan Fingeroth. Editor-in-Chief, Tom DeFalco. Featuring Speedball. And guest starring Night Thrasher, Cord, Spider-Man, The Beast, She-Hulk, Invisible Woman, Katie Power, and Marvel Boy. It is training time in the old New Warriors headquarters, and much like here at the Unpacking the Power of Power Pack headquarters, one of the members is goofing around just a bit too much. Hey, I thought that showing up for the recording in a chicken suit would be funny. Not my fault if you have allergies. Not my fault you still don't understand that site-based gags don't work on an audio program. But, chicken suit! That's funny even if you can't see it. Anyway, Night Thrasher is trying to evaluate the offensive uses of Speedball's powers, but he's bouncing around way too much on the defense without focusing anything on the offense. Speedball jokes that attaching spikes to his suit could be the ticket to bad guy impalement town, but we all know that that is just a bad idea. We do? You know what? We will talk about it later. Okay, let's do that. Night Thrasher thinks it's a good idea, though. But, as an alternative to Night Stabber's penchant for thrashing, Cord has a less perforating way of dealing with this kid. Their buddies at Gentech created some liquid that will allow them to check his powers. It will take about an hour to take effect, so drink up, highball. Glug glug. Well, that means that Robbie is free to do what he loves most. Causing chaos. But in order to do that, he needs to activate his powers. For those who do not remember, Speedball's basically a human-shaped Superball. His body has this kinetic field that causes him to continuously bounce off of any object. And being at a high floor of a building, what better way to activate that than to jump off of it? Uh, I mean, I, I, I guess, sure, if you can't think of anything else, but before he can bounce off of anything, your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man swings by and safely deposits the young boy onto the sidewalk before swinging off to sell pictures of Peter Parker to J. Jonah Jameson. Okay, well that's almost right. But this is New York, so there is danger around every corner. In this case, a van backing up. Good choice boy takes a step in front of the moving metal to motivate his moveset, but is saved by flying fur. It is the Beast. Hello, the Beast. 
Thanks for stopping by. Next, we have She-Hulk, who catches a swinging wrecking ball Robbie puts his head in front of. Next is Sue Storm, the Invisible Woman, politely shielding an open manhole that Robbie was slyly trying to fall into. And then next, we have our girl Katie, with the gravity power set, catching a randomly falling safe that Robbie was diving under. Can we talk for a moment about the actual number of safes that actually fall from the sky? Because for my sampling in comic books, this is a national epidemic. I know, it's almost as bad as the amount of quicksand that we have to deal with on a near-daily basis. The number of times I've had to pull myself to safety with a vine is outrageous! Yeah, it's not unlike the number of superheroes in New York. Something Robbie is complaining about as he wanders back into the building, still in his human form, having failed to activate his powers. And it is at this moment that a worried cord comes running down the hall, informing Robbie that there may be a slight side effect with that serum he just drank. What? Like, will it turn him into a mogwai? What? No. It may cancel his powers. So don't do anything stupid, okay, kid? Oh. 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 Yeah. And while Robbie relives the past hour and all the ways he almost died, Cord and Dwayne state that it is not like he has to do anything more than slam his fist or hit his head to pop his powers. And Robbie, turning green at the gills, passes out and hits the floor. Insert slam. Good night, Robbie. The end. All right, all right, all right. First of all, I need to do a thank you to our buddies over at the Longbox Crusade because they are covering the new Warriors. And I got a message from our buddy, Jared Albrecht, the art sellers, and he had a picture of Katie Power catching the safe. And he said, hey, Power Pack boys, where's this from? And I said, you know, offhand, I don't know, but I know you're covering new Warriors. And I think I've got an <laughs> idea where it's at. And I missed this issue. So we're picking it up now. Thank you very much. But this is from New Warriors Annual 1. And the cover of the issue, we'll do cover credits by Mark Bagley and Mike Magnola. And this is not going to have anything to do with what we just talked about. But it's the New Warriors at the time. And they are fighting somebody. (laughs) Yes, it is somebody who has is commanding somebody else to eat a bunch of stuff. Uh, just convert it to energy and get large. You know what? It's a very cool color. It's a very interesting color. It's part of the King of Pain annual crossover event that's going on. And there's um, our friends over at X-Force. They're involved in this as well. And this is early on. And I'm not going to really cover it too much or cover anything else in here. We're only covering this one little story. I do like the artwork, I do like Mark Bagley and Mike McNoll's artwork. I just don't recognize the bad guy, and I'm not going to look at it right now, so yeah. we're moving on. <laughs> Trying to get to the pages that we needed, which are the last six of the 54-page comic, it was very much just like, huh, okay, don't know, who are you? You seem evil, nice costume, in an overdone kind of way. No clue. Get to what I want to. And there we are. (laughs) (laughs) It's a quick little story. It's a cute little story. I am an unapologetic homer for speedball for no reason whatsoever. Because honestly, I do find Robbie to be very annoying. His powers are just goofy and crazy. But I, back in the day, picked up all the issues of speedball. And so for that reason, I just kind of like speedball. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, it's a quick story. It's a fun story. I think that it's it really is one of these stories, especially early on in New Warriors, that places Robbie in the team. Robbie is the absolute goofball on the team. 
and he he knows it. Everybody knows it. They don't treat him with that much respect. And yet, on some levels, he is one of the more powerful characters because yep. he has the unpredictability of his powers. Yeah, this is true. And I think that they were testing him and he was like, oh, he's off the charts in this. I mean, you can enter, we'll just call it Speed Force or the Kinetic Zone or whatever it is. It's just like, yeah, this kid has massive amounts of power. And it's like, oh, what are you going to do, Night Thrasher? Hit him with a stick and make him bounce the thing he does? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Rage, you're super strong. What happens if you hit Speedball? Is he going to bounce really hard the way he does? The joke here, this is still within the first 20 issues of New Warriors. And they make a joke of, what happens if we put spikes on his armor? <laughs> well, this all kind of comes back because during Civil War, there's an event that happens where New Warriors are going up against Nitro. And Nitro blows up kind of it's uh, Speedball's fault. Nitro blows up. There's a bunch of people that die. Robbie feels bad about this. And so to punish himself, the writers at the time thought it'd be good if they take this fun-loving goofball character and he builds a suit that has spikes on the inside. So every time he bounces, he stabs himself and it's got spikes on the outside of the suit. It's called Penance. And I put a picture of it in our notes and... I mean, no, no, not a fan, not a not fan really. at all. No, 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 not a fan, no. not a fan, not a fan. It's when you start reading about the like original concept, like, oh, Darth Vader's suit is so much more metal than you might think. It, it the his helmet is hooked on with nano hooks, and he's in constant pain because it's like it's like his suit is a torture device, and ah, doesn't that make him even more evil, hardcore Sith? No, it doesn't. It's no. just dumb. It's just dumb. Mm -hmm. Just dumb, 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 dumb. Yeah. So. <laughs> now, here's the funny thing. I did know this was the pennant suit, but I didn't know that uh, Robbie was in there. So, yep. news, yep, news yep. to me, look what I discovered today. Today, I was this many years old when I found out that. Yep. Yeah. It would hurt if he hit somebody because it is very pokey and very metal. Y you know that Speedball's got a cat who's also got the same powers, right? Yeah. So, what, Hairball? Uh, something like that. Uh, Niles is a speedball cat. In fact, in this annual, yep. they talk about how they both got their powers and stuff. But yeah, yeah. Guess, guess, guess what Robbie did with the cat? Oh, did he put him in like a gimp spike costume? Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. No. Why would the cat want to dress that way? Well, I understand maintaining a theme, but why would you do that to your cat? It's like, oh, my life is depression. Everything is sadness. I'm going to give my cat bangs. Yeah. Stop, there is no Niles, the bouncing cat, he's gone. There is only P-Cat, the penitent puss. <laughs> oh, no. That... <laughs> Robbie, even when you're trying, you just can't help but be a joke. <laughs> P-Cat, the no, penitent puss. No, thank you. Puss. No, thank you. Pass. Uh, yeah, pass. there you go. There you the go. The P is for pass. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I, I, I posted it in there in, into our notes there, so you can go ahead and take a look at that. Oh, that's, that's, that's just really, that's it's in a it's, it's in a box. It's, it's, in, it's a in a box a, with looks, a, with a spiked collar, and the cat looks exactly like my cat looks whenever I purse sweater to keep her from crying in the middle of the night. Oh, that's a sad kitty. It's <laughs> a sad that cat kitty. is not going to bounce around. That is not a good no, idea, Robbie. Yeah, not a good idea. Yeah, that is a spiked tube. <laughs> what is good, what is a good idea though is that they've got Katie in this. She's got yeah, the counterweight did. power, so this kind of puts her at the end of the original power pack run. Why she's got a green or teal costume, we don't know. But, you know, that happened. Here's why. Uh, sometimes you only need to know enough 
to uh, get by. Sure. With answering your question on an exam. And he was, this person was going for a pass fail. And, you know, at that point in time, Katie was trying out new things. She's got new powers. I'm going to try a new color suit because why not? And she's just floating around catching safes like a good girl does. As one does. One has As to one uh, catch does. safes. You have to catch safes. We had a, a safe storm just yesterday morning, which was unexpected. I'm glad I was yeah. inside. I, I was too. I was too. Actually, I wasn't because I threw those safes real far away. And I was hoping to hit you. Anyways, let's get into our final thoughts here. Final thoughts. We're only going to do some tops here because this is a short, short story. Gallery of Greatness. What piece of art needs to be pinned up on the wall using our kinetic powers to try to hammer in a nail, which is going to be a pain because it's going to keep bouncing, bouncing, bouncing. Top joke one. It is the top panel in the last page there. It's where Marvel Boy and Night Thrasher are are really going into this idea of having spikes on the costume. And they've got a little computer program up and they are mocking up what Speedball would look like with spikes. Yep. And uh, it's pretty funny. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I called it Spikeball. Spikeball. Yeah, that's good. That's yep. good. That's good. Yeah, that's I good. saw that. I'm like, that's a tiny little thing in the background. And that is, it was like the second time through where I read it where I'm like, hey, wait a minute, what was that? No. Oh, they're going with with Robbie's joke idea where he's like, I don't know, if you strap a bunch of humongous spikes to me, maybe that'd do the trick. And Dwayne's like, hmm. He's like, that, that's a joke. I'm kidding. You, <laughs> no, I'm kidding, right? Nope, let's mock it up. It's ridiculous. Gosh, it's so stupid. <laughs> but the drawing is pretty awesome. Yeah, All right, let's talk funny. about our best art. I like the art in this. The art is really good. No, it is. John Calamy does a very nice job. I liked... The save that is done by the beast. Same. Same. Yeah. Same. I called it beast bounce. It is some great movement of motion. Beast always looks awesome. Beast has always got a great design in this period of time with his, his dark blue fur. And yeah, it's just, you see the bounce coming in and you see, you know, it, it looks like Robbie's neck is getting broken. <laughs> oh yeah. This is a bad tackle. This kid yeah. is not, this kid's not walking off the field. I like it. It's, there's some good art in here. I mean, she-Hulk saving the, the ball there. Just everybody's good. little thing here is really good, but that yeah. beast picture is really, really good. I fully agree. I fully agree. All right. Rubber and glue moments. What was the best or most childish insult? I was hoping there would be more choices, but there wasn't. My top one or my choice here is Katie Power, and it's when she's saying, lucky I was here, huh, mister? This falling safe, safe would have smashed you like a big old bug. <laughs> like a big old bug. I liked it. I thought it was kind of cute. I get that. Uh, I it was trying to find stuff in here as well. I went for, I'm on the same page, the panel above you at She-Hulk, where she saves him from a wrecking ball. And Robbie's all, thanks for the save, She-Hulk. And she's all, don't sweat it, Blondie. Just don't play around construction sites in the future. It's just treating him like a kid playing where yep. he shouldn't be. Yeah, yeah. I think this is leading us into the popular and shunned I will be surprised if we don't have the same worst one. It's Speedball. It's this is Robbie. his story. It's this Robbie. Story. He's the worst one that we know. Bad idea. Bad yeah. ideas. All. I mean, the story is about him trying to kill himself. Basically, yeah, he's just trying to activate his powers, but he wants to do it in the funnest way possible. And yes. it's the dumbest way possible, especially when you find out later where it's just like, uh, you know what? Hey, your powers might not actually work and you might get hurt if something bounces into you. So just take it easy. And he's like, easy, hurt. <laughs> Jumped off a building earlier today. <laughs> okay. Conversely, mm -hmm. the best. 
Who mm-hmm. is the best one in here? We've got a lot of people saving. A lot of good choices here. Yeah. I think everybody except the New Warriors, because the New Warriors, I, I, I think they all are leading Robbie into this. But who do you have as the best savior? At the beginning, Night Thrasher attacked him. Cord poisoned him. And yeah, yeah. Vengeance or Marvel Boy was on board with sla- strapping spikes on him. They're not up for the best. <laughs> they're kid. not. No, they're so not. So who is the, which person saved Robbie the best? Katie. Yep. <laughs> well, I mean, she's going around catching all those random safes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that that it, that it takes time, that takes talent, that takes precision. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she got in there in front of this slow-moving wrecking ball. I mean, come on. The van, you know, it's a van driving down the street. I mean, the it was just backing up. Time. It was just backing up. It was up. backing would, up. I don't think fine. it was going flat out. It would have bounced him a little bit. Spider-Man always catches people. He Every- always yep. catches people falling down. I mean, that's his job. Yeah. Everybody gets Everybody one, gets Rick. One. Everybody, Everybody gets one. Invisible Woman, I've seen Soul. <laughs> and I mean, the Soul is based upon a guy falling down a a manhole. So that's close. That's a very close. But but yeah, I'm with you, Katie. Katie, Katie. Katie. Kind of safe. Random safe. Random safe. Random safe. Yeah. Okay. So we need to talk again about <laughs> top grades. We have now... 17 uh, issues on our list because we got a new one that we just added. So tell me, my friend, tell me, tell me, tell me on this list, where do you think, I'm not going to go through all the numbers again here, where do you think that this little story should be? This is a nice little concise story. It is. And it does well. Well, let's just talk about the issue that we covered earlier. Wolverine number 37. Do we like that or this better? I kind of like this one better. Yes, there's something I like there's this something to too. say about brevity in the situation. It's a very well done story. We have the beginning. We we got the problem that's that presents itself to our character. We have him doing something, making bad choices, <laughs> and we have a fun resolution. So yep. I think that it is better. So it is better than twelve. We have another short story on here: the Marvel Holiday Special number one. The Loner's Secret Santa. Another short story. Very well done. About the same length, too. Yeah. I think the Secret Santa one has more meat. The Secret Santa one, yes. This is more fun, but that one's got more meat, and I think there's there's a lot more layers in that story, which I think I like a little bit more, so I would say that this is a, goes below it a little bit here. Yes, this is an appetizer. This is a, an aperitif. Okay, so it's not eight. It's between a spot nine and spot 12, then. Yeah, and we got a run of runaways here. You know what? I'm going to go back down to the Wolverine one. I, I'm going to say that this it might be our new number 12, yeah. because- I like those runaway ones a bit more. I think they've got a lot more that they're talking about there, a lot more meat that's in there, and they've got their own humor as well, too. So mm-hmm. I, I think this is – I think we might not go any higher than this. I think this is just going to be the new number 12. I'm good with that. Right above it, Wolverine. It immediately pushes Wolverine down a slot. Mm-hmm. Wolverine mm-hmm. goes, oh, the best there is at what I do, and what I do is 12. And then Speedball <laughs> goes, I'm 12, you're 13. And, and then Wolverine goes, bub. Aww. <laughs> Well, what is not going to be a 12, because we only go up to five on that, is our beer. What do we think of this time and place, Flatland Brewing Company, Summer Saison, perfect time of the year to be drinking this? It's a nice beer. Pleasant. The flavor profile has changed the same. Still smells like apples and wheat. I'm enjoying it. I do not think it is a beer that I would buy in bulk. I'm enjoying it a lot. I would drink this again. 
I would definitely drink this again. I would definitely drink this again, but it wouldn't be a go-to beer for me. But I am enjoying it. I'm bouncing between a 3.5 and a 4. I'm at a 4 or 5. Really? I really enjoy this. I really enjoy this one. I always like the sweeter. This has got some sweetness to it, and I tend to like that a lot more. I'll I'll roll it a 4. I'm feeling generous. All right, all right. And now that we've talked about a good beer, let's talk about a good bit that we do called Kids Perspective. And that's where Rick asks questions of his daughter, Carrie, about the issues that we just covered. So, Rick and Carrie, take it away. Hello, Carrie. Hello, Daddy. How are you doing in your little room? Good. And you? (laughs) (laughs) Pretty good. You got your little tiny recording studio there under your bed. Yeah, thanks for setting it up. Not a problem. It seems to be working pretty well. Yeah. And now you get to be all alone while we talk about a spooky Wolverine story. Uh, yay me. Woo, woo. (laughs) (laughs) So we went back in time a little bit to a comic book that came out before everything else we were covering. And it's a book about going back in time. And it's Wolverine. Well, what'd you think about it? It was okay. I had a hard time, like, following it. Mostly because I did not know what was going on. Really? <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean? Because you're in the third part of a three-part story, and you had no context for what was going on before it, and you probably didn't know anybody besides Wolverine. What's the problem? I don't know. Must be some sort of weird thing. Weird kid thing. <laughs> going into it with no knowledge of what it was, I didn't tell you anything about the book. You just found it really confusing, right? So I was reading it, and I eventually forgot why you wanted me to read it. And then I found Katie, and I was like, oh, she appeared for like one millisecond and said something. That's good. And (laughs) that was the end. (laughs) And then suddenly more stuff happened, and boom, we're done with the story. What do you remember about the story now that you've read it a couple of times? It's about Wolverine. (laughs) Okay, that's good. And he's fighting people, right? Yeah. Spanish Civil War? Right, he's in the Spanish Civil War, and there are German Nazis there, right? Yeah. And there's a Lady Deathstrike, too. Yeah, uh-huh. What'd you think of Lady Deathstrike? Interesting. Well, she was a person. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> she hates Wolverine, right? Yeah. That, yeah? That's, that's everything about her, basically. She has claws, she hates Wolverine, and... Her name is Lady Deathstrike. Do you remember when we read Uncanny X-Men 205? That's the one with Katie and Wolverine and they're in a snowstorm and Wolverine's fighting Lady Deathstrike? I barely remembered that. And when I saw this and they made Katie appear for one panel, I think they could have at least like not made her appear out of nowhere. Well, in the beginning. You see you see them go through some kind of time vortex and they start bouncing through time and then they go by that. It's it's an important piece of Wolverine and Lady Deathstrike's history together. That's when they had their first fight. Wow. So romantic. Their first fight. <laughs> their first fight fight was in a snowstorm under the <laughs> moonlight. <laughs> I don't know. So this is not your kind of comic book at all, right? It would probably help if I understood it better, but... That's that's fair. There's a guy who used to run Marvel Comics, and his name was Jim Shooter. And one of the things that he wanted all of his writers to do, is and creators to do, is to make a book that anybody could pick up. That it was as if they were reading their first comic book. And after he left, a lot of people let that go. And 
this is what happens is if you pick that book up from the comic book store, you would have no idea what was happening. It's just right in the middle of a storyline and something's happening and it's really difficult to catch up when it's out of context, right? Yeah, at least, you know, because it's a series book, at least it could have had a little recap that, like, someone who was reading the series could just skip over, but a person who just started the series at that moment could just read and know what's going on. Yeah. That would kind of help. Yeah, they didn't have that, and they kind of expected you to just catch up or figure out what's happening, but... They're like, ah, they'll figure it out, forget about (laughs) it. Did you uh, like any of the fight scenes, or was there anything that you enjoyed from this book, besides Katie appearing? (laughs) I don't know. Maybe? Eh. Did you like the artwork at all? The art was cool, like, realistic art and stuff. (laughs) I don't know what I'm saying about this. It's really just something. Well, I know that one point in time you met the artist of the book, Mark Silvestri. If you look to your right in your on your wall there oh there's there's a that poster from image comics and one of the people i think that's listed on there is silvestri oh yeah yeah i see it yeah he was the artist that did that book we uh, met him when when we went to that signing at oh yeah the comic that book store. one where um where i just happened to come back from comic book store or comic book camp and Targ McFarlane signed the book, the comic book that me and my cousin made. <laughs> that was an experience. <laughs> that was indeed. Anyways, I just want to mention that that you did meet that guy, but you know you didn't have any context for anything. But now you've you've read one of his books at least. Yeah, now I totally understand the entire concept of Wolverine. <laughs> oh, no, no. That that has very little to do with Wolverine. Wolverine is a really deep concept in and of himself. Yeah. So, But I give you something else to read as well. I give you a short story from a New Warriors annual, right? Uh, yeah. And that one should be a little bit easier to understand, right? Yeah, seeing how <laughs> random it is, but... It That's does, random. It does. It does. It does. Like not come in a series, so that kind of helps too. Right. So, what's that story about? You can tell me that much, right? Speedball drinks some sort of potion that apparently cancels his powers, and while he's venturing around New York, all these supers save him. A Katie appears for a millisecond, and then he finds out that it canceled his powers, and yep. they're like, they're like, be careful, okay? And he's like, oh wait. Yeah. He likes to go and set off his powers by throwing himself at the ground in really dangerous ways. Oh. Whereas all he needs to do is like just punch a wall or something. He did all of these really dangerous things and all these superheroes saved him. And if they hadn't saved him, he would have been really injured. Yeah. So he's just goofing around, basically. <laughs> Who, Which characters save did you like the most? Or which... Because we had like six or seven different characters that saved him, right? Who was uh, your favorite? Yeah. Or what was your favorite? Katie? <laughs> I like them all. It's like Spider-Man is fun because like you can swoop down and get him that way. <laughs> if you were going to be saved by a superhero, which superhero do you want to save you? Spider-Man, because then it can swing around. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that sounds good. Uh, is there anything else you want to say about either of these two books? Oh, I do have a question about the Wolverine one. Sure, sure. Who's Judd? Judd. That's a very good question. 
His name is Eugene Judd, and he goes by the alias Puck, and he is a member of Alpha Flight. And normally, he is very, very short, because he normally appears about this size. Uh, oh, wow. He's very short. He's very compact. Short and stubby. (laughs) Yep. And the thing is, is that that's kind of how he's always appeared. He's always appeared athletic, strong. Uh, he can do acrobats. And, tiny. <laughs> yeah, he's very tiny, but he, he he's strong and he's agile. And he he's a member of this Canadian superhero team. Mm-hmm. Came to find out that he had this curse put on him. He used to be very tall, very muscular, like you see him in this book most of the time. And when he went back in time went back into that normal shape. But then when he went forward in time, he became short again. And unfortunately, that curse also made him very, uh, gave him a lot of pain too, because he was that small. But he is a superhero known as Puck, and him and Wolverine are very good friends. Okay. Okay? Okay, that's good. (laughs) I kept wondering who Judd and Puck was. Like, Wolverine kept saying Puck and Judd. Well, no, he didn't say Judd. He just said Puck, and then the other side of the story said the other side of the story said Judd. So, yeah. <laughs> yep, that's who that's who it was. The same character. Okay, cool. Okay, okay. Well, that was a very good question. I'm glad you asked. Thank you. <laughs> Anything else? Nope, I think that's it. All right. Thank you very much for your time, Carrie. Hey, um, you're welcome. I love you. Love you too. Don't worry, Carrie. You'll probably not learn about the Spanish Civil War in school. Shout out time! We like to recognize those listeners that take the time to write in or leave us a review. And this is for episode 113, where we interviewed Mr. Fred Van Lente. AJ, certified mass mister. Clinton Robeson and his podcast, Coffee and Comics, and Fan Film Fridays. Fred Van Lente himself. Hoover Jeremiah and the 4 Million Years Later podcast. Jeremy Daw. Limax 7. Tim Price, the Podcrasher, and his podcast, The Outcasters. Waffles, the Waffly Waffle. We also like to thank those people that give us a buck or two to do this show. And that includes the adorably astonishing and amazing Andrew Burns. Cheerfully cheeky and charming Char Logan. Challenging, cheesy, and chuckling Charles Gears. Destructive and devastatingly delightful Damian Witter. Dynamically dangerous and devious Doug Jones. Exciting, energetic, and entertaining Edward Verrochi. Intelligent, interesting, and innovative Isaac Perry. Jesting, joking, and jovial Jeff Polier. Just jealous and jeweled Jeremy Daw. Muscly, mighty, and meticulous Matthew Birdsey. Mythical and magnificent monologuing Matthew Laserwitz. Rudely rhyming and running Rustin Fritcher. Steely, salty, and steamy Sailor Bear Zodar. Sad and sickeningly silly Shag Matthews. Strange and stirringly steady Stephen Gray. Tyrannically terrifying and tame Tim Price. Technically terrific and triumphant Toddy Knock. Way, way wordy and wobbly waffles. Weird and wonderfully wacky wind. Now, next issue, we are going to finally get into that Fantastic Four coverage that we've been teasing people about for a long time with Fantastic Four, Volume 1, number 574, Days of Future Franklin. Also, be sure to check out the other shows that we are on. Mostly, my monthly Monday movie muckabout on the Longbox Crusade Network. Come and check us out. Listen to me talk about movies. 
And we have some merchandise available on Redbubble. Go to redbubble.com and search for Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Jeff and Rick present is a bi-weekly self-produced podcast recorded in front of a live studio audience of my awesome Frog Thor and Loki Alligator in Portland, Oregon. If you would like to interact with us through the magic of the internet, you can do so through Twitter at Jeff and Rick present, our Facebook page, Jeff and Rick present, our email address at Jeff and Rick present, all one word at gmail.com, or on our website, Jeff and Rick present.wordpress.com. Also, our YouTube channel is at Jeff and Rick present. And if you would like to help support our show, we are on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com, Jeff and Rick present, all one word. We are also a proud supporter of the Hero Initiative, and we will be donating 10% of our Patreon donations to this great cause. We encourage everyone to give what they can to this worthwhile organization that helps the creators who provide us with such great content. Go to heroinitiative.org to find out more. Please rate and review us wherever you can, tell your friends about us, or share your love for us on social media. And as always, we want to thank the powerful people in our packs. My wife Cindy and our daughter Carrie. My fiance Hillary and our daughter Aurora. We, we love, love you. you. Until next time. Costumes, Costumes off. off. Our theme is 80s action. Also featured in this episode is Open Sea Epic by Frank Schroeder. 80s action is by Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution for a Porno License. <laughs> I like what we do. I, I just, I say it, I admit it, I like it. Shrip. Why, just a couple of times, my fire. <laughs> that was terrible. Shrip! I'm sorry, here, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hurry, get out of here, you can't be in here. No, 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 you can't eat that. You cannot eat that plastic. Go, 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 go. No! No, 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 no. If you eat that plastic, you're getting kicked out. We've got plastic tarps over some stuff, and I haven't pulled them down yet. And Herbie likes to eat plastic. And then when he does, he loves to throw up for multiple days in the middle of the night. So, crunch, crunch, crunch. Get the heck out of here!